Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Well, the New Testament in our Bibles is filled with stories told by the Lord Jesus Christ to illustrate important lessons for us to learn and to show us more about the nature of God. Today's message is about a story that may be very familiar to our audience, the story of the lost sheep. How there were ninety-nine that were safely in the shepherd's care, but one sheep, just one poor helpless sheep, remained out in the wilderness, lost and alone. But this was no ordinary shepherd. This was a good shepherd, who would not rest until that sheep was back safely in the fold again. He was willing to give his life for the sheep. So the shepherd leaves his own comfort and safety to go out in search of the sheep that was lost. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? It tells us a little about the heart of the Savior himself, the one who loved us and gave himself for us. Let's listen as Marvin Dirksen tells this wonderful New Testament story as part of a recent gospel message. I'd like to read the Gospel of John tonight, chapter 10. And we'll just read a statement or two of the Lord Jesus, John chapter 10, and verse number 10. And it says, The thief, he comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. The Lord Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Or it's the idea, the good shepherd layeth down his life for the sheep. Down the chapter to verse number 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. They follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Let's just go back to the Gospel of Luke chapter 15 for a very well-known story, but I trust that this will just reinforce what we have read in John chapter 10. Luke's Gospel chapter 15 and verse number 3 now. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. John's writings are really quite simple. He doesn't use a vast vocabulary. He writes at about a grade six level, and so most in the meeting would be able to appreciate what John is writing. And yet I think any of us that have looked at John's gospel and John's epistles, John's letters, and of course that would include the book of Revelation, we would appreciate the fact that John's writings involve time and eternity. They involve the sovereign purposes of God. They touch truths that really go beyond our understanding. He might be a simple writer. 
but he wrote of tremendous truths. And yet in the midst of these simple writings, he has selected a number of signs. You'll get that in the last chapter of this gospel. Many signs did Jesus, but he could really say, I have selected these. And the purpose is that men and women might understand that this one who claimed to be the Son of God really was and really is the Son of God. In the midst of his gospel, he also writes of some of the I am statements of the Lord Jesus. And when I think of the I am's that are found in John's gospel, and we have read one of them tonight, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I'm reminded, I'm made aware that when the Lord Jesus said, I am, and then he indicated what he was and what he is, those were statements of revelation. In fact, the God of heaven wants us to know what he's like. We can look around and we can see the vastness of creation. We would understand his power, his authority, his order, his beauty, the vast variety that marks his creation. But we would know nothing of his heart, would we? It'd be like looking at an oil painting. And at the bottom of that painting, there is some kind of a, a scribble or a scrawl there, and that's the artist's signature. As we look at that painting, we would say, my, that artist has great ability. I like the selection of colors. I... I like the landscape that's been portrayed. But we would know nothing personally about that artist. Wouldn't know if the person is male or female, old or young, educated or just home-taught. We would know nothing about that person. And the creation of God shows us the power and the vastness of his authority. But we would know nothing of his heart. And so when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son that we might fully understand all that God is. Someone said, and I've appreciated that, Jesus Christ is God in focus. If you want to know what God is like, look at the Lord Jesus. And we have read one of these statements. I am the good shepherd. It's a statement of revelation. God is revealing himself in his character, in his heart, in his purpose, in his desire, in his interest in us. But these are statements of revelation. I want you to notice something else about these statements. They are statements of relevancy. They're not kind of dry, dusty theory. These are statements, these are claims, these are features of the Lord Jesus that we desperately need. We want to look tonight at our need of a shepherd. That's what he said, I am the good shepherd. And you might ask yourself, why do people need a shepherd? Well, it's a statement of relevancy. And every claim he made, every I am, is a statement of relevancy. It meets our need. And I think we might as well mention as well that these statements are statements that require a response. If he is the good shepherd, how are we going to respond to him? Will we acknowledge his interest, his claim, his work on our behalf? Or will we reject the good shepherd again? This book is the record of a world that turned away from him it's the record of a nation that said, away with this man. We will not have him to reign over us. And tonight, that rejection continues. But oh, there are individuals. And I trust you'll be among them. And you will come to know this shepherd. You will respond to him. Because, friend, tonight, that is the only, the only reality that is worth pursuing tonight. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. It's interesting that the first world ruler, was a hunter, not a shepherd, a hunter. His name was Nimrod. Now, I'm not a hunter. Don't talk to me. I don't have the least idea about a gun. I mean, I could pull the trigger, but that's about it. 
might not hit very much. When a man is a hunter or a woman is a hunter, there's very little mercy in their attitude. They're going into the woods not to show mercy, but to take life. They're there to bring down the animal. Of course, they want to bring the meat home, I'm sure. A hunter is there to take life, to get his prey. And it's interesting that the first ruler, the first man to, to reign in this world was a hunter. And you know, his, his clan actually lives on, isn't it? This world is a place where men and women are not helped, but they're brought down. A good friend of mine began his career on the west coast of Canada. He was a young man and he was diligent, he was aggressive, he was honest, he was trustworthy, and he began to rise up through the ranks. They gave him a promotion and so they sent him to eastern Canada. And he did so well there in the Maritimes, they sent him over to Newfoundland and gave him the entire province. And he did a, a tremendous job. But one day he got a call from his supervisor in Halifax. He says, I'm coming over. Make sure you're in your office at 10 o'clock Wednesday morning or whatever it was. He thought to himself, I wonder what's happening. He said, this office is doing great. We're, we're making money. And, and so he really wasn't expecting what happened because when the boss came in, he said, we're closing this office here in St. John's. He said, when? He said, right now. He said, start cleaning up your desk. You're through. And the man literally stood over and watched him take out things out of the drawer. Finally, he had all of his possessions, and he walked him to the door. They call that walking you out. Finished. Couldn't take anything that belonged to the company, couldn't tamper with the, with the files, couldn't rearrange anything on the computer. He was walked out. Tonight, I'm afraid that that's just a little picture of the world. They will use you and employ you and pay you and then walk you out. The thief we have read comes not to assist, not to give life, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But tonight, we're not talking about a hunter. We are talking about a shepherd. And tonight, one of the loveliest features of the Lord Jesus is this statement, which is absolutely true. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Let me just give you just a couple of things about this shepherd. This is a shepherd, first of all, that is seeking, seeking. Luke chapter 15 tells the account, the very simple story, but I'm sure that the Lord Jesus made his point firm. Tells of a good shepherd that was counting the sheep one night and discovered that one was missing. Maybe it's my imagination, but I can just see that shepherd getting the flock in and, come on, 91, hurry up, come on, 95, 6, 7, 8, 9, and the discovery was made. One was missing. Now, that shepherd could have said, hey, I got 99, why worry about one? What's the value of a sheep anyway? 99 are here, all accounted for. One's missing, too bad. But not this shepherd. Not the shepherd of Luke 15. Not the good shepherd that we have read of. And that shepherd left those 99 and he began a search. How long did he search? An hour? Well, I've given it an hour. I'm going home. No point. It's getting dark. I'm not gonna, not gonna pursue it anymore. No, no, not that shepherd. He sought for that sheep. Did you notice? Until he found it. At the night, there is a shepherd, a good shepherd, and he is seeking lost souls. I'm so glad he sought for me. You know why? Because I wasn't seeking him. I had no interest in him. I came across Christians. Mind you, I would claim to have been a Christian. I was a member of the church, and I was trying to 
kind of live a good life and I was religious. But really, I wasn't interested in this good shepherd because I had never seen my need of him. I wasn't seeking him. But I look back and I realize my he was seeking me for a long, long time. There were times that I wasn't even aware of, but these were moments of his search. They were moments when he drew near. They were moments when he called my name. And this good shepherd of Luke 15 and the good shepherd that we have read of is a shepherd that is still seeking because sinners are not seeking him. Sheep don't look for shepherds, do they? They're not the sharpest pencil in the drawer, are they? And, of course, that refers to all of us. We are sheep that have gone astray. We have no homing instinct. We don't have a GPS built in. We can find our way around a city, but we can't find our way to God. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. And this good shepherd is seeking for us because we're not seeking for him. But this good shepherd is seeking for the lost sheep because he knows where a lost sheep ends up. He knows our course. He is well aware of the direction of every lost sheep. It's downward, away, away from salvation, away from safety, away from the shepherd himself. And sad to say there's millions that just pass this door, this open door. They pass the shepherd by. And yet he is seeking because he knows the end of the journey of a lost sheep. I wonder if I'm speaking to someone here tonight and you're a lost sheep. You're on the wrong road. And every day you live is one day further from the shepherd, further from heaven, closer to hell. But there is a shepherd, and he is seeking tonight. So glad he is. You know, when I think of this shepherd's dealings, one of the thrills, the thrills of gospel preaching is just to hear the stories of how that shepherd found lost sheep. I recall tent meetings in a brand new area, miles from an assembly. There weren't great crowds coming initially, but they began to increase. And one night there was a young man that came in. Sometimes you can see on the person's face, something is connecting. They're identifying with the message. They kind of understand what's being said. And that's exactly what's happening to that young man sitting on the back on that side of the tent. So going out of the door as we had closed the meeting with prayer and sung a hymn, I met him at the door and I said, great to see you. You seem to appreciate what was being said tonight. Are you saved? He said, yes, I am. I said, uh, how did you get saved? And he kind of smiled. He says, you're not going to believe this. He says, I got saved in the bathroom of a Greyhound bus heading west. I said, I've never heard of a person getting saved in the bathroom of a Greyhound bus heading west. I said, just tell me about it. He'd grown up in a Christian home, but wasn't interested in salvation. And like many young people, he decided he was in the U.S. Midwest. He decided he was going to go west to get away from the gospel. Went up to California, got a job. Thought, this is great. I'm in the sunny west making money. His employer was a Christian. And a moment came when his employer spoke to him about salvation. Within time, he got tired of having a Christian boss. And so he crossed the country over to Florida. Got a job there. And same thing happened. One of his fellow employees was a Christian. So he came back to Chicago where he started the journey, and it didn't happen again. So he said, I'm going to try it again. And he says, I, I got on the bus in Chicago. I was heading out west, and as that bus was rumbling along, I went to the little lavatory at the back, closed the door, and looked down on the sink. And here were a couple of gospel tracts 
And he says, I can't outrun God. He's looking for me. The good shepherd is still seeking for sinners, still seeking for lost sheep. And you know, this city is no exception, is it? There are thousands and thousands of lost sinners in this city. Thank God there is a shepherd and he desires that they might all be saved because there is a good shepherd and he is seeking for you personally. Have you ever heard him call your name? No, he won't call your name like I'm calling, like I'm speaking. But there are times, maybe when you sit in a gospel meeting, you realize, I should be saved. Maybe you go home at night and you're, you're lying on your bed and you realize, I should be saved. That's the voice of the shepherd. He is seeking for you. Not to make life miserable. I am come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. And we have read an amazing statement. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But that's exactly what it says. That the sacrifice involved was not too great. He came to suffer for lost sinners. The good shepherd layeth down his life for the sheep. When I read that statement, I made aware that Calvary was a voluntary act. There was no pushing, no compulsion. He went voluntarily. And I wonder if we had been at Calvary, whether we wouldn't have been absolutely amazed as we would see this good shepherd to allow soldiers to nail him to a cross. He had come to deliver them from chains of bondage, and yet the sheep rose up against the shepherd, and viciously, violently, they moved against him. I'm afraid we don't really enter into even the physical sufferings of the Lord Jesus. It's a horrendous thing to think of a man in the midst of a pack of dogs. Psalm 22 tells us the dogs encompassed me. They surrounded me. And they moved against the good shepherd violently, viciously. As they punched him in the face. As they spit upon him. One of the most detestable things a person can do is to spit at another human being. These men were spitting in the very face of the Son of God. Soldiers crowned with a crown of thorns. They raked his back with a Roman lash until finally the Bible says his visage, his face, his countenance was so marred more than any man. They moved against the shepherds violently. But tonight the preaching of the gospel, this good news message tells us that there was one who laid down his life. He suffered vicariously. That just simply means in the place of another. It's the wonderful truth of substitution. This good shepherd came and stood where I should have been standing. This good shepherd came and answered to the charges that were against me. This good shepherd suffered for my sins. How do I know that? The Bible says Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. The sufferings of Christ are sufficient to take a sinner to heaven. The sufferings of Christ are sufficient that a lost sheep can be saved for eternity. My, if you're not saved tonight, wouldn't you want to have that? The greatest blessing you could ever have is the forgiveness of your sins to have everlasting life. What love, what grace, what mercy. A man stepping into the fire that lost sheep might be saved and rescued and blessed.
But we have read another truth about this good shepherd. The good shepherd seeks, the good shepherd suffers, the good shepherd saves and secures, secures. One of the great truths of the gospel is that it's a secure salvation. If I had to preach kind of a conditional thing, I wouldn't bother to preach the gospel. You know, if, if you do your best and kind of cross your fingers and maybe you get to heaven, that's no message at all. But the salvation that this good shepherd gives is an absolute secure one. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I like what we have read in Luke 15. There was a moment when that good shepherd found that sheep, maybe way down in the ditch. What did he do with it? Give it a good kick and tell it to get home? Oh, not the good shepherd. No way. He says, we're going home together. And that little sheep, my, <laughs> what a what a journey home. On the shoulders of the shepherds. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. At the night, there are sheep that have been found. And you know where we're going? We're going home on the shoulders of the shepherds. Strong place. The shoulders. He's not trying to give us a good whack and tell us to get on our way. He's not trying to tell us you went your own way and now you just kind of find your way back. Oh, no, no. He's got a hold of us. He gives us eternal life and he guarantees us we shall never perish. He knows us. That's comforting. That's sobering too, isn't it? My sheep hear my voice. Every true sheep hears the voice of the shepherd. Ah, oh, we heard him calling for us in salvation. We heard his cry at the cross, it is finished, and we rested there. Yes, there are times that we follow afar off. There are times that we're disappointed in ourselves. There are times that we wish we could live a day over again. But every true sheep follows the shepherd. And he knows us. And his eternal purpose and his sovereign purpose is to bring every saved sheep to glory with him. At the light, this wonderful salvation is secure. Never to be lost. That is no recipe to live whichever way you want. No, the grace of God teaches us to live for the honor and the glory of the shepherd. We love him. We want to honor him with our life. But oh, the only reason why we're going to heaven is because he found us. He saves us. He satisfies us. He secures us. Do you know him? Has there been a moment when he found you, when he saved you? If not, I hope tonight, I pray tonight, that tonight will be just that night when this good shepherd will find you a lost sheep. Well, how about it? Have you heard the shepherd's voice? Have you answered the call of the Savior? Are you a true sheep who follows the shepherd? How wonderful to know that all of his sheep will never be lost. No man can pluck them out of his hand. So, if you know nothing of the strong arms of the shepherd, it could well be that you are still lost. But rest assured that the Christ is looking for you. He's come to seek and to save those that are lost. Won't you acknowledge your condition before God? That's just like the sheep. You're a lost sinner without hope of ever pleasing God the way you are. If so, there is a seeking shepherd who is looking for you. A shepherd who longs to place you on his shoulders and bring you home rejoicing. We trust you will meet that great shepherd even today. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, 
why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.